absolutely. It depends on the uh, COR of the flagstick, so the Coefficient Restitution flagstick. In U.S. Opens, I'll take it out, and uh, every other tour event, when it's uh, fiberglass, I'll leave it in and bounce that ball against the flagstick if I need to. Welcome, podcast patrons, to yet another episode of Leave the Pin In Podcast. I'm Dan, and this is my buddy, the man who can't see John Cena, but can see Anthony Kim. Scott. Scott, what's the good word? Uh, yeah, so I'm rubbing, I guess, not rubbing, but moving my hand in front of my face as if to indicate that you cannot see me. Um, I would like to see Anthony Kim play some golf, but I think we both know that's not going to happen anytime soon. You will never see Anthony Kim play a round of golf ever again, unless it's mini golf. I'm wondering if in his, um, insurance contract, if he's not allowed to play mini golf, I think he might be able to. Um, that's actually a really good question, and I, I kind of wonder, yeah, you know what, if he shows up at some miniature golf course, is, is he allowed to go out and do it? Uh, I'm going to say yes. It's a possibility. So there's an Anthony Kim sighting over the weekend in L.A. Uh, some guy saw him, took a picture with him, said, hey, Anthony, how's your golf game? Basically, Anthony Kim says, well, it's non-existent. He's got a full arm sleeve tattoo. Scott, what do you think of seeing this unicorn in the wild? Uh, I think he's like Bigfoot. He comes out, you know, once in a while just to let people know that he still kind of exists. And then he disappears. And then there's documentaries about searching for him. Um, and maybe that could be the next uh, golf channel documentary. Once Tiger hits 82, which will happen real soon, then they can do something like, you know, searching for AK. Um, and they'll just walk around the streets of L.A. looking for either Anthony Kim or people who look like him. But see, here's the crazy thing. There are people in golf media, there are people that are golf fans now that don't even know who Anthony Kim is. They don't even understand the legend behind Anthony Kim. Yeah, I, he, he had a really good run for those few years that he was you know, playing well. And there's a whole generation of golf fans who, you know, maybe they're just kind of getting into the game now because Tiger's back. Um, or, you know, they got in in, you know, 2015 with, you know, Jordan Spieth going on his crazy run, who do not know how amazing Anthony Kim was. All right, so you those same meet people somebody. Also, those same people also don't know about David Duval. Okay, very true. Very true. Another yeah. badass in golf. Yeah. All right, so you meet somebody, right? And that person says to you, Scott, Anthony Kim, who's that? Give me a quick synopsis on how you describe Anthony Kim to someone that doesn't know him. Uh, I would say that Anthony Kim was a PGA Tour pro who had a lot of success for a few years and then disappeared, like off the face of the earth. Um, never to golf again professionally. That's a very safe PGA Tour answer. Uh, yeah, I mean, he had, you know, a, a top five at, a, at the Masters, three PGA Tour wins, and then he disappeared. He played, uh, in a, he played in a Ryder Cup, too, right? Yes. He played, played in a Ryder Cup. Cup. Scott, he destroyed Sergio yes. Garcia in the first match of singles in that Ryder Cup to only add to his enormous historical database of crazy things Anthony Kim has done, like make the most birdies in a round in Masters history. Mm, yes. I would describe him as a big belt buckle wearing, wheeling, dealing, Jet flying, limo riding, woman stealing, birdie making, butt shaking pimp. Uh, some of that's a Ric Flair reference, right? Who's that? Ric Flair. Woo! Ah, beautiful. <laughs> I wasn't sure. Maybe you just didn't hear me. <laughs> Am I lying? Does that not su su sum up Anthony Kim? That that's perfect. 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 
Especially um, if he's just wandering around the streets of L.A. getting, like, arm sleeve tattoos and, you know, blowing tens of thousands of dollars at clubs and stuff like that. Here's what I don't get. Like, Anthony Kim is a very non-distinct-looking individual, as most PGA Tour pros are. Like, if you see Phil, if you see Tiger out in the wild, you notice them. But there are thousands, the top thousand guys in the world, there might be six or seven that you notice to us if they weren't wearing, you know, golf-related clothing or, or you didn't know what you were looking for. They had a hat on. Let's say they were in disguise. You talk about the normal people out there that follow sports but don't follow golf. They're only going to recognize Tiger and Phil. So Anthony Kim can kind of go through life unimpeded and not really worry about much. So it blows my mind that someone was able to pick him out of a crowd of people in L.A. and notice, because his hair is like twice as long now, and notice that mm. that's Anthony Kim. I guess if it's uh, you know someone who's a huge golf fan or uh, you know a huge Anthony Kim fan from back in the day. Yeah, I, I, I understand. Maybe. maybe. You're absolutely right about not being able to recognize golfers sort of outside of golf courses or, you know, if they're in their, their sponsored gear. Uh, and, you know, Tiger, Phil, those are the kind of obvious ones. I, I kind of feel like even some of the, the the more well-known golfers, like I feel like Rory McIlroy could blend in a crowd. Yeah, well, see, here's the deal. Most athletes are the complete opposite. You see them without a hat on or whatnot, and they use hat and sunglasses to hide. Whereas golfers, part of their normal uniform is hat and sunglasses, right? So right. if you see them out in the wild and you see them with their hair done or in a t-shirt and shorts or something like that, now all of a sudden they just look like a normal dude. Hmm. I think football players can also hide well um, in the wild too because when do we see them? Most of the time we see them with their helmets on. If they're not a face of the NFL – you just see a big dude, and you think, ah, maybe that dude plays something, but I can't place it. Yeah, unless you see just like a, you know, an offensive lineman who's just an enormous person, you know, they they probably do blend in pretty well. Right, right. Um, all right, Scott, let's get to some tournament notes. We had cool. the TPC Louisiana. We had the Zurich Classic down in the Bayou. So uh, hold our on tournament. A I gotta, yeah. I gotta stop you a second. Yeah, I don't know if you know this. But there's alligators on that course. Uh, in 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 Louisiana? In Louisiana. No, how'd you know that? Uh, I don't know. Maybe there were some things on social media. Did the PGA Tour tell you that? Uh, constantly. Over and over and over again? Yes. They they really wanted us to know that it, it gets a little dangerous out there. Because there's alligators. The, the inside pe- the ropes, outside the ropes. Alligators don't care. I, I like how the PGA Tour is basically like a four- or five-year-old kid that mm-hmm. will tell you the same thing over and over and over. Like, I painted my first picture today. Oh, that's awesome, dude. I love it. I painted my first picture today. I know. It's great. I painted my first picture today. Yeah, yeah. We, we talked about it. I painted my first picture today. That's the PGA Tour. Yeah. Oh, totally. Their social totally. media anyway, I should say. Uh, yep, no, I absolutely agree. Uh, um, we're, we're going to commercial now. Show a shot of the gator. There's an alligator out there. Hmm. Uh, there was actually the, and maybe a, a few minutes where I thought maybe the gators were just there to support Billy Horschel because, you know, he's a big Florida guy. Understood. Um, you know, and, and, you know, they were just there because, you know, he's a gator. But, no, they're just there, and the PGA Tour wanted us to know it. Yeah. Really, really badly. Um, again, their social media leaves a lot to be desired. Uh, Scott, I know he's got your namesake, and we like him as a golfer, but this look Adam Scott has got going on lately is just stupid. So, here's my thing. I, those Uniqlo pants that he wears, I'm, I'm assuming they're Uniqlo pants, I, they have to be. So, I, I love them. 
They're a great material. Wait, you love the pleated Uniqlo pants no. that he wears? No, 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 no. I don't love the pleated ones. You like the normal ones? The normal, you know, flat front. Slim uh, fit. Slim fit. Those are fire. They, yeah. Um, they, they have a Uniqlo store down in Disney Springs. They do. I've been um, there. Fire. They do. Uh, so the... I actually pretty much only wear Uniqlo pants at this point because, and I'm I'm not a skinny guy, but the slim fit fits me perfectly. Do you they look do... perpetually bloated or six months pregnant when you wear them? No, not at right. all. Right, because you're not wearing I, pleats. So I, he is, and he's the other along with uh, some tennis player. He's their big brand ambassador. I can't imagine that that's the look that they want for their brand, which is, you know, very well-fitting, very on-trend, very, I think, you know, athletic-looking, and then they just throw him out there in, like, MC Hammer pants. Yeah, their brand is flat front, slim fit, straight lines, slim cut, athletic. Mm -hmm. You nailed it. This... What, whatever he's wearing, maybe we need to do a little bit more research. I didn't research it. I just came out with the fact that he looks stupid because he does. This man is wearing pleated pants that make Michael Jordan look like a fashion icon. So they do have a line of clothes, um, which I guess could be a little bit more baggy. I mean, they do sell, like, baggy pants as opposed to, like, the, the slim fit ones like normal people would wear. Like crisscross-style um, baggy pants? But even they don't look that baggy. I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I, this is, I this can't is... imagine that, that he goes to them and says, make me these pants. And they're like, oh, yeah, sure, no problem. Let's slap the Unico logo all over that because that's what we want to represent our brand as. Okay, here's my, here's my theory. Ready? He, yep. goes to, he goes to Uniqlo and they say, okay, look, this is what we're looking for, you know, this uh, fall or this spring or whatever. And this is what we, we want to get you into. And it's all the, the normal stuff. And then some drop-dead gorgeous designer comes out and says, Adam, I'd love if you wore these pleated pants that I designed for Uniqlo. And Adam mm. Scott's like, oh, hey, you know what? I will wear those. That's the only thing that makes sense. Hmm. It's definitely possible. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm on their website right now. The pants that I'm currently wearing are their, I guess, condo pants, K-A-N-D-O. All right, um, well, this is what I want you to do. those are the ones that are labeled as Adam Scott X Uniqlo. Okay, well, do me and a favor. The, the as models, none of them are wearing baggy pants. Right. As we go along, just do a little research for our listeners out there and see if you can even find these pleated pants on their website, or are they so awful that they're a one-off thing? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm working on it. All right. So, keep, keep talking. yeah, so Oosthuizen and Charles Swartzel Scott in alternate shot. Now, we know that the, that, uh, the Zurich Classic is a two-man tournament. We talked about that. There's 82-man teams. We had 36 two-man teams make the cut, okay, for 72 players. Now, this is a tournament where if you're ranked within the top 100, you can choose somebody that is a professional that has standing on a tour. So they have to have status. So, <clears throat> excuse me, Louis Eustazen couldn't, cho- you know, couldn't choose me, couldn't choose you or anything like that. We don't have any professional status anywhere. But as long as you have status on a tour, whether it be a challenge tour like Chase Kepka, who Brooks Kepka took, or something along those lines, you're okay. So Thursday and Saturday, they go foursomes, right? Which is, I, I have a five on a hole, you have a four, our team gets a four. And then Friday, Sunday, they go alternate shot, which is interesting. Because I mm-hmm. like this. Yes. So, Oosthuizen and Schwartzel on alternate shot make a nine on a hole. Now, I'm asking you straight up, and I'm asking you completely honestly. Can you and I beat that on that same hole, alternate shot? Uh, right-handed or left-handed? Exactly. That is pathetic for two pros. Yeah. Um... 
Yeah. For and for two former major winners. Correct. Yeah. It's, I, it, it was I, it was unreal. I mean, it was like something out of a nightmare. Yeah, I don't know what what was going on there. You compare that with the 64 that Rom and Palmer shot in alternate shot, or 65, whatever it was. It was a new record for the tournament. I mean, a nine is unreal. Like, I think I could make a nine on my own if you started me off on my fourth swing on the tee box. Uh, yeah, I mean, even if you... You're like, listen, you can only hit pitching wedge on this hole. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I feel like a like a nine isn't out of the question. Right. Yeah. It was. Uh, hey, look, they're phenomenal. And again, what I will always say and always preach to people is not only can they hit the shots that we can hit, but it's the fact that you you shoot a nine on a hole, and then the next hole is like it never happened. You come right back and birdie it. You know, it's just. It's it, the bounce back is insane. The ability to let go of negatives is just unbelievable. Yeah, and and that I think is really what you know when you talk about what separates you know pros from amateurs. It's that ability to not let stuff get to your get you know get in your head. Yeah, and you know I I know I've definitely you know played holes and after a couple bad shots my heart's just not in it oh my god yeah hey look i i just played on uh on sunday it was awful out right i mean so i saw the instagram live right did a little instagram live did some instagram stories for the uh for the listeners out there and i started off with three consecutive bogeys it was so cold i felt like i couldn't even bring the club back and end up shooting 39 which Look, I break forty, and I'm more than happy, especially with a birdie in there. You know? Yeah, that's uh, yeah, it's pretty decent. Just gotta keep grinding. Yeah, because you know what? You never know, and that's and this is the thing that I love about golf. You never know when that next great shot's gonna happen. Right. Where you you know you you hit a perfect drive. You know you stuff one close on a you know on an iron shot. You make a putt that you have no business making. That's what makes golf great, because you're always kind of looking for that next great shot. Exactly. Exactly. So, uh, you know, one of the big talking points all week long, we talked about it in last week's pod, was the walk-up music, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was, first off, I got to say, I was very disappointed in how little of the walk-up music they actually played. And I watched quite a bit of this boring tournament. I actually didn't watch that much of it at all, even though I had plenty of time on Saturday to watch it. And I had it on. I just was doing other things, and I just wasn't really paying attention to it. Um, and by the time I had turned it on, everyone would have teed off anyway. So there was no walk-up music. Exactly. I don't, I don't understand why they don't do that on just... Every hole. Uh, Well, I can see every hole because... Or do it on on 18. Sure. Sure. When they're walking to the green as well. Yeah. Okay. When they're on TV. I'm down with that. Like, that's a good idea. Every hole's crazy because some holes play next to each other and guys are not going to want to hear, you know, music blasting and whatnot. But, uh, again, the network coverage gets the back nine of the leaders, right? Right. And we are two and a half hours into their round, two and a half hours after their music has played. So I know you hate the PGA Tour social media, and I agree with you 99% of the time, but here's the one thing they did well this weekend. They sent out a tweet, Instagram stories all over their social media, and they actually played about 10 guys arriving to the first tee with their music. Yeah, that, that was cool. But, guess what? Us golf nerds are the only ones searching that stuff out. The normal people out there that you could pull in that maybe teeter on the edge of being golf fans are not getting to see that. And therefore, not thinking that, hey, golf is cool. Listen to the music that they're playing. Right. Yeah, exactly. 
you know, and, and some of them picked some, you know, cool music. Some of them were going for, you know, a, a different crowd than probably watches, you know, a golf tournament. Right. We're gonna we're gonna get into which yeah. which group had the best walk up music, but <clears throat> here's something that blew my mind, and we talked about it in the last pod, and and the the tour needs to step in, or Zurich needs to step in, and and nix this immediately. We had three groups choose Old Town Road by Little Nas X and mm. Billy Ray Cyrus. We had two groups pick Enter Sandman by Metallica. Three picked it last year. Right. We had three groups pick Shipping Up to Boston by the Dropkick Murphys this year, and three picked it last year. Yeah, I, like I, we talked about it last week. I think it should be, you know, pick... I don't know how they would divide it. Maybe, you know... I want a pairings party. Yeah, well, yeah. I want a draft. Pairings, pairings party, let's say the, you know, the player who has the highest world ranking gets first music pick. I like that. Or, and, then, and then go from there. Right, because the World Golf rankings mean nothing. The FedEx Cup playoff numbers mean nothing. Make those numbers mean something. Make those numbers mean that you get first choice of a song, because music is important. Right. And defending champions, they they get first pick, and then you go based on <coughs> golf rankings or something yeah, like that. That's a there great you, idea. There you go. Solved, solved another problem for the PGA Tour. They really should just hire us to, to just be in charge of everything. Well, I have a feeling that they're working on it, but the problem is they probably sit around their ivory tower like this down in Ponte Vedra. They're probably like, you know, they're so correct about everything, but we don't want them to think that they're so right, so we're not going to hire them. It, that's definitely possible. Um, the other thing is there's probably someone who's really into alligators and they know if we're in charge there'll be less alligator coverage i i i i don't know scotto with me on board there might actually be more that you know that's true (laughs) good point good point i do love my gators that that is true all right so uh so let's go to the best walk-up music we heard uh best walk-up music presented by swing juice you can go to swingjuice.com, use our code SJAugusta25, and get 25% off your order at swingjuice.com. Scott, I got my winner, okay? Go for it. And my winner was Dylan Fratelli and Joaquin Neiman. Okay. And do you know what they played, Scott? I do, but I don't know the song. You know it now, Scotto. I do know it now. I'ma lock this. Imagine walking up with this song blasting. DMX, Blow Flip, David Banner, Young One. Um, yeah, that's 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 getting me pumped up. Okay, I walk to the first tee. Wall right now. I walk to a first tee, and DMX is barking at me, and there are marching band playing, and the the Bayou crowd is getting hype. Scott, I'm pumping this tee shot 450 down the middle. Mm. I mean, it could be 210 flared off to the right, but you get my point. Yeah, I I totally get you. Um, you know what? So I don't know the song at all. But my my favorite was I think it was JT Poston's caddy. Oh, um, he sang, didn't he? he? Yep. They gave him a mic and he sang some Garth Brooks song called Colin Baton Rouge. You know, because if you're wait, down in Louisiana, wait you got a minute, what is it called? Colin Baton Rouge. Oh. <laughs> Again, okay. I have no idea what the song is, because that's not my thing. Right. But Apparently they they asked him to pick a song and he said the only way I'm doing that is if you let Mike. There we go. The only way we're doing this is if you let my caddy sing. Yeah. So they had a mic for him out there and he busted out. Call him Baton Rouge. Um. All right. Yeah. I mean, other than that. 
the the only other ones that I would even consider being you know my personal favorites uh, would be the the two groups that use Baby Shark because my daughter loves it. Um, I saw that. I saw that, and I thought that is uh, <laughs> it's definitely different. You know? Oh, totally. Did you see? Ah, uh, I forgot who it was. Oh gosh, it was up towards the lead, and I can't remember. Oh, Peter Malnati. They did "If You're Happy and You Know It and You Know It, Clap Your Hands." Yeah, that was that was theirs. Um, this one is interesting to me, Scotto. Mm. This one is interesting, and, and and I don't know this song. I'm gonna try to find it real quick. This is Anabarn Lahiri and Shabanka Sharma. They played mm-hmm. "Beware of the Boys" by Punjabi MC. You know this song? I, I don't know the song, but I I I saw that and I was like, uh, okay, that's perfect, right? Because um, obviously we got you know people from India. We got right Punjabi MC, obviously from India. Uh, so oh, you know the song. This is uh, with Jay Z as well. I was gonna say I think Jay Z mixed. The- Mixed with this. Yes. Yes. Well, I, I think not from the United a, States. No. I think that there's a version that does not include Jay-Z. Okay. Um, but I could be completely wrong also. All right. All right. As soon as the beat drops, we got the streets locked, the Punjabi MC, and the rock. Hmm. Okay. There you go. There you go. All right, so those are our, our favorite walk-up songs at Zurich Classic presented by Swing Juice. And again, use that code SJAugusta25 and get 25% off your order. Simple as that, right, Scott? Yeah, absolutely. Go All right, so we'll get, get to our get winners. Swing Juice. Yeah, and we'll get to our, winner, our winners, uh, John Rom and Ryan Palmer. Um, Ten years since Ryan Palmer's last win. So, uh, last week when we were talking about this, we were talking about groups that we thought were kind of weird, and I said, is whatever group it was weirder than Ryan Palmer and John Rahm? Yeah, I uh, want to know how they came together. Um, apparently, and I had read this, they played some practice round a few years ago, and they were all buddy-buddy from that, and I guess... They decided, you know, it would be a good idea. Let's play in this, you know, the Zurich together. You know what we didn't have this week, Scott? Really good. Worked out really well. <laughs> you know what we didn't have this week? Um, Rom or Sergio Garcia meltdown? Yeah, exactly. There was no John Rom blow up. I wonder if Ryan Palmer is like the Rom whisperer. He's like a calming influence on John Rom. Yeah, like, you know how you got like those those bucking Broncos, and a guy comes in, he's the horse whisperer, puts his hand on the horse's head, and the horse is all calm, and then you can ride him, and he wins the Belmont Stakes. Maybe Ryan think, Palmer is that to Rom. So he, here's the question: Is Ryan Palmer maybe better off? Um, Caddying for John Rahm, <laughs> he might make more money instead of of you know continuing to play. Wow, you know why 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 put your body through all that? What a just, take! Just carry Rahm's bag. What a take, I Scott. Mean, you he, he, he has the talent to win a lot. So if he can get himself calmed down, get a guy who who you know understands how to win on PGA Tour on your bag. He could win 30 majors. <laughs> 30 majors? In, yeah. In the next 10 years, he'll win three a year for 10 years. <laughs> All right, just let me, since you're looking into the future, um, he's not going to win the, the other three this year, right? I still got a chance of Tiger winning one more at least. Uh, I, I, I would almost bet on it. Okay. Okay. In fact, if I can get to New Jersey before the PGA, I might actually bet on it. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> um, I'm trying to look up what Ryan, how much Ryan Palmer made this year, and and I'm wondering if it is not less than what he would have earned being 
obviously, John Rom's caddy? Mm, that's a really good question. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely something. Um, I don't think this is right. His up uh, says his 2019 stats. He's got 2.3 mil. Well, does that include? But it, yeah, it does show the win. He's got four top tens and a win. He's got five top twenty fives. All right, so maybe he's not. Maybe he's not there yet. Oh yeah, it is. Two point three. He's made twenty six mil in his career almost. Uh, yeah, I mean Ryan Palmer's a legitimately good player. And even so, even even if he doesn't win this, he's still at one point three. But I like that. Maybe four or five years from now, when he's kind of in that that weird ether zone of that like 42 43 really can't compete but you're too young to be on the champions tour mm-hmm. yeah maybe he does that all right um all right moving on and anything else about zurich uh the only other thing and it's another sort of pga tour social media silliness um the fact that fleetwood and garcia came in second and now there's all the Oh, well, what's going to happen at the next Ryder Cup? Who's Fleetwood going to play with? Is it going to be Garcia or Molinari? Ooh. Let, let me let me give you a take here. Can I? Yeah, please. All right. We that's we do sh- That's what this show's for. <laughs> <laughs> we do easily 50 minutes an hour each week, not mm-hmm. including interviews with people, and we never have to force or make up stories. Okay? We're just talking about what happens. There is so much that just happens week in and week out on tour that their social media team does not need to reach. That's such a stretch. It's incredible. Exactly. And that was the other sort of big story for them. I, I I don't I don't get it. Neither do I. All right, let's and, move on to the. And we're still, you know, we're still a few years away. Like, who, who knows what the situation is going to be then? Yeah, I mean, b- by but, that time, Sergio could be banned from the game for life. Yeah, or or you know, and I doubt it, but maybe he sits out the next Ryder Cup for whatever reason. His game's not on form. He's going to be, you know, at the point where you know you would start looking at him as a assistant captain. You know, maybe he has to sit out a year because he's not playing well, and he's an assistant captain. It's it's not a, a guarantee that he particularly would be playing. Right. No, I Fleet, understand. Fleetwood and Molinari are playing. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. All right, let's move to the Web.com tour real quick. Uh, Zhang won at 26 under. Um, the Dormy Network Classic at Briggs Ranch in San Antonio. Place looked pretty dope. But did you see who was in the last group, Scotto? Uh, I do believe it was our boy Lanto, a.k.a. Lando Griffin. That's right. Lando Calrizzi in the final group again. Started five shots off the lead. Uh, finished five shots off the lead. Consistency. Yeah. Yeah. No one was touching Zhang this week. Um, hopefully next week... They are on TV. I'm not sure, though, honestly. They haven't had TV in, like, three weeks. Hmm. you really got to be a golf nerd, and you got to be deep into it in order to follow the web um, without these TV contracts. And it just blows my mind because there's so much free time still on the air on Golf Channel that they could be airing this. Well, what? You mean you don't want to watch Tin Cup every four hours? Every four months, yes, correct. Not every four hours, and I don't need to see four hours of coverage of Trophy Asan. Duh. Mm. Yeah. I'm just saying, there's there's some good people out there. There's some good golfers out there, and it should be getting some airtime. Oh, totally. Yeah, I, I I don't I don't get it. Nah, me neither. All right, let's do some uh, let's do some house clean stuff real quick. Let's remind people, Scott, that they can sponsor our podcast and help out. Just go to our anchor page, anchor.fm, leave the pin in, and click the support link. You can help us out for as little as ninety nine cents a month. And Scott and I'll do a ton of stuff, Instagram stories for you, shout outs on the pod, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So you can hit that up. Um, Scott, two interviews which I had done, which I want to talk about real quick because we really didn't get a chance to talk about them. Uh, the Tad Fujikawa won last week, 
And everyone knows Tad Fujikawa as being the first openly gay male professional golfer qualified for the U.S. Open at 16 years old, et cetera, et cetera, right? And then mm-hmm. Haley Moore, who we just released, who actually just mentioned us in her Instagram story that I, I just saw popped up on my phone. Uh, Haley Moore is a senior at the University of Arizona. She is part of the defending 2018 Women NCAA Division I National Championship team, the University of Arizona Wildcats. And <clears throat> they leave on on Wednesday to go to regionals, and then they're off to nationals again. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so I haven't listened to that yet. Um, I listened, finally finished listening to uh, the, the TAD interview um, this afternoon while I was at work. Um Shout out to my boss, Gene. Um, and, uh, yeah, um, he is hysterical. Um, and I, I especially enjoyed the uh, ripping on Long Island part at the beginning. <laughs> I, meant, I, I meant to mention that. The I mean, <laughs> was was I being untruthful? Nope. Nope. Not nope. at all. Not, Not at, all. at all. Yeah, he was an awesome dude. Uh, is an awesome dude. Great to talk to. And Haley was just a sweetheart with her time. So, uh, again, two completely different people in, in the golf world and in two completely different phases of their life, careers, and golfing careers. But just awesome to get perspective into that world from two different people. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. All right, so the other thing that happened this week in golf, which is what the PGA Tour should have been promoting, is Eduardo Molinari, not to be confused with Francesco, the actual good Molinari brother, but Eduardo outs the slow players on the European Tour after having to play in five and a half hours in the Trophy Assange tournament. He goes online... And goes to Twitter, Scott, and says, mm-hmm. this is BS, blah, blah, blah. If I get a 1,000 retweets, I'm going to post the European tour list that they give us, <clears throat> which no one has ever done before. This is no. like, this is like, well, Scott, this is like finding Anthony Kim out in the wild. Yeah, you don't he, see he, this. You know, he had his own like little WikiLeaks thing going on. It, yeah, yeah, Molinari leaks. So... He posted, he gets like one point, you know, like, like 12, uh, 1,200 retweets and a bunch of likes, and he reposts it. So I want to go over a few of these real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if you, I don't know if you got a chance to see it. Yep. Uh, there's three pages of it, and I don't know exactly what tournament it's from. It doesn't say. There's no documentation on it anywhere. But I, I don't think it was from any particular tournament. I think it was. You till think it's a the, yearly accruement? Point. Yeah. Okay. So what's funny is there are people that have been on the clock twelve times, one time, no times. But then yep. there are fines that are listed. Uh, Adrian Otagwe sure. was on the clock ten times and got fined three grand. Mm-hmm. Louis Ustazen, on the clock six times, got fined three grand. Eric Van Ruyen, on the clock nine times, got fined $3,000. The European tour does not care about slow play, Scotto. No, $3,000 means nothing. Nothing. Nothing to these That's guys. like you and I playing for a dollar on the front nine, a dollar on the back nine, and a dollar overall. Honestly, mm-hmm. it's like playing for three bucks. Yeah, totally. Um, I think I, Tiger's on there. Um, so, who was it? Uh, Colt Nost has a, a show on PGA Tour Radio. Okay. Uh, and he was talking about that this afternoon um, while I was in my car driving home. And he basically said the only way anything's going to change is if they start taking strokes away. Or adding strokes, you know, taking away. That, right, that would right. Be helpful. But yeah, if they start adding in a stroke because you missed your time par or something like that, yeah. that would get people to notice. Yeah. He says he knows of a. Of, well, so PGA Tour players apparently do get fined pretty frequently. Correct. Um, it's just not made public. Yeah, it's just not made public. Um, and it's 
as you it's incremental so as you get fined more and more the fine goes up so it starts at ten thousand it works its way up he says he knows of a player a couple years ago who made 90 grand on tour and was fined over 100 grand (laughs) so the, the person lost 20 30 grand because that's the way he plays the game that's hilarious. Maybe you need to check yourself at that point. I, I, I believe so. Yeah. I also read somewhere that Adam Scott is so sick of it that he told the PGA Tour to just hit him with a fine so and make it public so people would see that, oh, they're finding guys like Adam Scott. Maybe we need to take this seriously. He's not the first person to mention something like that. There have been guys in the past that have said things like, look, I'll take the bullet the first time around. And, and what sucks is, look, even fans know who the slow players are, okay? Every, that, and that means everybody on tour, from the rules officials on down to the caddies to everybody knows who the slow players are. So I, I, a few questions I'm going to pose to you, right? $3,000 is nothing. Some of these people, and, and here's the other thing, too, we have to mention to people. Just because you're put on the clock does not mean you were the slow player. No, no, not at all. I mean, you know, it could be me, you, and, you know, my buddy Mike. Uh, he's terrible. He's going to spend seven, ten minutes a hold looking for balls because uh, he doesn't care how long he takes to look for stuff. Um, and all of a sudden, you and I, who play quick, uh, you know, we're, we're finding our ball you know, pretty quickly hitting it, moving on to the next shot. And we're, you know, we're not wasting time taking the pin out and stuff like that because, you know, got to leave it in. Stay on um, brand. Exactly. Um, but we would end up getting put on the clock in that situation because there's a <clears throat> right. guy in our group who's slow. Right. And then so even even if you were put on the clock, it also doesn't necessarily mean that someone you played with was slow. You could have a situation like Louis Eustazen and Charles Schwartz were making a nine. Uh, you make a nine an alternate shot. I don't care how fast you play; it's going to take some time. Oh yeah, I mean, and you could even get put on the clock because the group in front of you is playing slow. Right, so that slows you down. Yep. Yep. Um, you know, last last week I played um, at that course, Turtle Turtle Creek. Yeah. Um, and I was playing behind two guys who. Uh, one of them had a cart, but still had a hard time walking from shot to shot. Right. Um, like from the cart to his ball was, was taking a while. Um, and that slowed me down. And there was a, a player behind me who kept glaring at me, you know, waiting for them to clear the green as if I should just hit into them. Right. Yeah. And, and, and like, obviously like, you're not going to. Yeah. I'm like, dude, like, there's a reason you're not hitting the ball. What do you want me to do about it? Um, so, I, 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 I don't know. That's why when I ranger on the weekends, it, it's so tough because the biggest thing that I've found is people that are super slow, they don't even realize that they're slow. Because no. everybody will get pissed around them, but no one will say anything to them. You know what no, I mean? I- like, yeah, like and, the people in their group will be like, oh, like I hate playing with Joe. He sucks. He's so slow. Well, have you ever even tried to maybe show him some ways to, to pick up his speed or something? Yeah, and so and when, it, when you and I play, chances are, you know, I'm hitting the first shot, the, the first second shot. You're going to outdrive me, I would say, you know, most holes. Maybe I'll get you on a couple. Are, are you waiting until I hit my shot to think about your next shot? No, not at all. You you know damn well that as you and I are driving or walking, we're talking to each other about, about how far we might have, mm-hmm. what shot we're going to play in, where the pin is, stuff like that. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. Like I, I see guys on PGA Tour, you know, they're waiting in the fairway for someone who's a few yards behind them and then once that player hits then they start their conversation with their caddy 
right. about what the yardage is, what club they're going to hit. You're between two clubs probably. Like, ha- And I get they're a lot better than us. They can be more precise. But that shouldn't take more time. It should take less. One would think. Uh, yeah. All right. So, so yeah, I, I'm with, with Colt most on the have a, a time par. And if you don't get in at a certain time, you get a stroke or two. I like that idea a lot. I'm going to pose two questions to you, okay? Go. Go. Eduardo Molinari leaking this out or making it public now. In the mind of tour officials, who are the ones who would be the people that are actually on the ground, they would be the ones interacting with the players, and they would be the ones dealing out these penalties. Does this even matter the fact I, that Eduardo leaked this and showed does it even matter to these people? No. And furthermore, they're probably mad at him for doing it. Okay, now that leads to my next question. I could see them being mad. What do you think the reaction is the next time he shows up at a tournament? He goes into a locker room. He's paired up with two guys who maybe were ones that got fined. What do you think their reaction is towards him? Uh, so I think it's going to be, uh, a, I think it'll be a, a split. I think there are going to be some people who are like, you know what? That, that was awesome that you did that. Uh, you know, I, I wanted to do it, but I didn't have the guts. And then there'll be other people who are like, well, that's kind of a jerk move. Like, I really wish you would have not done that and called us out publicly, but ultimately because again like you said nobody thinks they're playing slow so i think that there's gonna be people who are on that list who are like yeah i'm on the list but i hate slow play too so you know thanks for doing that you know eduardo yeah i am get some pizza or something yeah i okay so i'm i'm in the same boat as you that's what i think half the guys are gonna be pissed and half the guys are going to be like, you know what? You, you shouldn't have given away these industry secrets or these trade secrets, if you will. You know, we got to protect mm-hmm. ourselves. And then the other half are going to be like, hey, dude, f- like finally. You know what, man? Thanks. We appreciate that. Maybe we can get some dialogue here now. I don't I don't even think it's an even split. I think it's probably like, let's go 75, 25, who are going to be okay with him doing it. I could definitely see that. I could definitely, definitely see that. So, uh, I guess let's go to what pissed us off this week, and we'll kind of wrap it up. Oh, I got a good one. Okay, hey, the only, this is, I'm going to go first because mine's not great. Okay. Okay? Go ahead. Adam Scott's pants. I can't get over them. They're awful. I hate them. They're terrible. I looked, I, I looked all over the Uniqlo website. I cannot find them. No. Because who in their right mind would buy them? Uh, I have no idea. No idea. I, I, I'm telling you, the ones that are listed as his pants online are spectacular. Right. I'm wearing them right now. Yeah, I'm not buying it. There's some type of conspiracy going on. Yeah, definitely. All right, you want to hear mine? Yeah. So, and you mentioned Long Island before. Uh, for those of the listeners who do not know, both Dan and I are from Long Island. Um, Live, you know, a good chunk of our lives there. Um, Actually, technically... Up- Less than half of my life now was spent there. Yeah, you. We grew you, up you, there. I, well, that was what I was just about to say. Right, Dan, a little bit less than me, but good, good amount of time. A good um, amount. Both very familiar with golf on Long Island and with Beth Page. So, are, are you going to the, the PGA at all? I'm not out of spite. Ooh, okay. I'm not um, going. Do you know why? You know who I'm spiting, Scott? Uh, no. PJ of America. Okay. I that's only fine. I only roll with the USGA. That that's perfectly acceptable. The PGA did not give us media credentials. It's yet another mm-hmm. tournament that turned us down, and therefore I'm not going to the PGA Championship at Beth Page Black, a course that Scott and I grew up on. Perfect. So having said that, I am going to uh, the PGA. Um, on Tuesday for a practice round, and on Sunday for the final round, obviously, because uh, 
couple of my friends are going on Sunday, and I was definitely going to go either Saturday or Sunday. Saturday is my daughter's dance recital, so Sunday it is. Um, now, you and I both grew up on the island, so we understand geography. Correct. Where would you think it would make sense for all these cars to park on Long Island in May? Well, to attend the PGA Championship at Bethpage. I'm not the smartest man alive, although I'd put myself in the top 10. I would go with one of the beaches. And yes. more specifically, I would go with Jones Beach parking, which is not that far from Bethpage. It's 25 minutes. That's a normal shuttle drive or bus ride for a major championship. So now here's what annoys me okay and i think that makes perfect sense monday through friday and i understand it's hard to make these changes there's a ton of like office buildings with huge parking lots like five minutes away from there okay Why not on weekends just move the parking there uh, so uh, you're 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 pissed that they're making you park at the beach yeah, because I, I don't want to drive that far south. Understood. Because I'm coming from the north. Yes, I understand. You're you're so, you're literally driving past the course well, to have to drive back up to the course in a bus. So what they have actually, and I don't want to say forced me to do, but what they have actually driven me to do, pun intended, uh, is take my car, leave it at my parents' house, and Uber to the course. Which is 15 minutes. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then, well, and what's crazy about that is I still have to take a shuttle. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Okay, now hold, I, I planned on wrapping this pot up 10 minutes ago, but listen, hold on a second. Go. There, we have been to major championships. We have been mm-hmm. to, I, I can't count, Scott, the number of golf tournaments. Can you? That we've been to. Tons. I cannot even remember. How many we've been to. I and went to every, four last year. Every single one that I've gone to in the new millennium, if you will, once Uber and Lyft and all these ride-sharing programs have been uh, you know, out there, has had either a taxi, a limo, an Uber, or a Lyft drop-off at the front gates. Mm-hmm. Why does Bethpage not? Uh, that's a really good question. Is it because they closed Round Swamp Road? They do close Round Swamp Road. So here's what I'm going to propose. Now, again, this might be a little out there. There's a major State University of New York college that borders Bethpage State Park. Correct. You, you can walk from SUNY Farmingdale onto the grounds of Bethpage State Park. You walk out, it borders the green course. Why not put an entrance there, have people, you know, be able to park there, do like a VIP parking, charge a little bit extra, and let people like me who don't want to waste an extra hour getting back and forth to the course and to their house do that. I'm just saying. Uh, You know what? That makes me even happier that I am spiting for the next month the PGA Mm. of America. So uh, that's what what pissed me off. I don't like having to go through all these different. Uh, you're not a, different you're not a hoop to watch golf. Yeah, you don't like jumping through hoops. Yeah, exactly. And it's a Sunday, so I'm going to stay till the end. Getting on a shuttle and going to Jones Beach, and then having to drive an extra half hour, forty five minutes to get home, when I'm you know already exhausted. It's, it's going to be a long it. day. It's going to be a long day. It's just not worth it. Now, let me ask you an important question before we wrap this up. I'm All assuming right. that the people will be able to follow your days on our Instagram story. So on Tuesday, um, I will be, uh, I would think, all over Instagram. Okay. A ton of Instagram lives, uh, a ton of stories, a ton of pictures. Yeah. yeah. Um, as, as much as I can get away with without people yelling at me for okay. So here's here's video. here's the plan. Then we've got three. What do we got? Three weeks. 
Yeah. Right? We've got three weeks to plan this. We need to have you be able to get a player, say, listen to Leave the Pin In on Instagram Live or on Instagram Story. Uh, I can I can make that maybe make that work. That's your goal. Yeah, I mean I, I'm gonna give it a go. I'm um, I'm am sending you out there with with one goal in mind, Scotto, and that's what it is. You either come back the conquering hero, or you don't come back at all. Fair enough. Fair enough. A- except for the week after, so we can do our podcast. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean probably that that evening, you know, maybe on the car ride home. Uh, yeah, I mean that that might be some great great live reactions to it. Yeah, that'll be good. That'll be good. Well, I'm glad um, one of us is still in good good favor with the PGA. You know, if 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 it wasn't so and I, I if it wasn't on Long Island, I don't know that I would deal with this because like I won't go to Liberty National because it's too much of a pain to get in and out of that place. That place is nuts. I know. Um, and even like. Because uh, the science museum is right there. Even getting to that's a pain. Forget any about pl- look. For, forget about getting somewhere and then having to go there on a bus. Any place in the New York metro area literally sucks getting in and out of. Uh, totally. Okay. Bottom line, and it sucks because guess where the major. Uh, I don't want to say majority, but a lot of golden age architectural courses are in the New York metro area. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I mean. I'm just curious where parking for the the U.S. Open at Wingfoot's going to be next summer. Um, I'm just curious if it's going to be further from my house than, uh, you know, well, further than it is to get there from my house. You might might have the shuttle past your house. You might just have to throw the thumb up and hitchhike on it. Uh, That that would be kind of extreme, but there's definitely parts of Westchester... It, it takes me, because uh, I drive past there frequently on my way to different things that I do for work. It takes me a good 32 minutes to get from my house to where Wingfoot is. I almost wonder if the shuttle's going to take longer. I, I wouldn't just, doubt. And then I'm just going to laugh. Because when, I, when, I, when we were at the U.S. Open in Oakmont, that was a ha- half an hour drive on a bus. Yeah. Uh, a couple years ago when the... I guess, was it the the women's open when it was at Trump and Bedminster? Yep. We went to to yeah. Um, that the it took a good half hour, thirty five minutes to get from parking to the course. Yeah, that'll be cool because you'll be able to give. I mean, we we could talk about this forever, but you'll be able to oh, give yeah. people a behind the scenes look of like what it's like to attend an enormous tournament because it's so different than attending oh, totally. a web. Or an LPGA event, or anything like that. Uh, for, forget about that. The, the Travelers Championship, um, which is uh, an every year thing for me, also because it's only about an hour and a half. Um, their parking's on site. You park, you walk for five minutes, and you're at the driving range watching people tee off. That's the same way Ridgewood and, was, and and the, all the that. tenth tee right there. Yep. The first tee is another. Six-minute walk. Some places do it better than others, but what people need to understand is the infrastructure for a major championship is astronomical. Totally. And I, I really want to be a fly on the wall at some point and walk around with people who are planning all that out and know, oh, this concession stand goes here, and we're going to put security here, and we're going to route people around this way, and we're going to rope this part off but not this part. How they figure that out just baffles the mind. It's like when I, it's like when we go to Disney World. Like, how do they decide where they're gonna have that queue line go and why they're gonna rope off this way and not that way? I, 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 a lot of times I think they're just throwing darts and taking guesses. When I interviewed Taryn Gregson, Gregson, excuse me, she told me that people work on a tournament for an entire year. And then oh, they yeah, start totally. wor- working on that tournament the day after the tournament finishes. And they may be employed by the PGA Tour, but they specifically work on one tournament, mm-hmm. and that is it. Yeah. Yep. I mean, it's it's huge financial. There's huge financial implications for everything that they do. So. A ton. A ton. I get it. Hey. All right. This was a good I one, think, brother. Real this good was one. A good one. 
All right, well, listen to uh, the interviews we've done with Tad Fujikawa and Haley Moore, and uh, hope you enjoyed this one. And then we'll see him next week, right, Scott? Absolutely. Have a good one. All right, get busy golfing or get busy dying.